0: Welcome to this episode of Mind Your Business, Mills County. I'm Todd Studer. Today's episode brought to you by Black Hills Energy. You know that you need an energy partner that's always looking ahead. That's why Black Hills Energy is always ready. Ready to support, inspire, and drive your next adventure, whatever it might be. Because supporting your day-to-day is there every day. Black Hills Energy, always here, ready, ready for what comes next. Joining us today, Rachel Reese, Executive Director of the Glenwood Area Chamber of Commerce. And also we have a special guest today, the city clerk in the city of Malvern, Joe George. And we'll talk with Joe in just a little bit about an exciting project that's happening in Malvern. But first, Rachel, I, it's bittersweet every time we record one of these because I know that we, we're, we're down to the short rows and we only have a few left.
1: I know I was kind of thinking this morning that we should probably do like at some point my favorite memories of Mills County. Make it sound like I'm leaving. I'm not leaving. <laughs> leaving
0: <laughs> <area>. <laughs> You're not leaving the area, but you are leaving your position. So if Absolutely. anybody if anyone has not gotten the news yet, Rachel is uh resigning her position as executive director of the Chamber of Commerce and the search is continuing and getting close to yep. getting uh, the next person uh, to sit in your big chair there, or they can bring their own if they want to. But for you, it's as you get closer, is it, you, you talked about memories and we, we'll, we'll save that for later, but is it bringing up a lot of things in your mind or are you just so focused on the task at hand that you don't have time for that?
1: A little bit of both. Like I feel overwhelmed with just like gratitude, but also like thinking in terms of things that we feeling trying to really focus on the positives of like what we have accomplished and not thinking about everything that I had still wanted to do. But I think that's always the balance when you're leaving. Like, how do you transition gracefully while still doing the job, but then also recognizing that I'm, I'm really excited for the next chapter and what that looks like. And so it should be, should be good.
0: What really breaks my heart is that I'm building some studios that we were planning on doing these inside of an actual uh, booth as opposed to just recording online. And now. You won't be a part of it, and that's...
1: oh, you don't know that. I'm sure we'll figure it out, and I'll be there for the ribbon cutting. It'll be fabulous.
0: Uh, that that's true, and and we're I'm excited about that. Let's find out about what's happening in Malvern. Joe George is the city clerk in Malvern, Iowa. Joe, thank you for your time, and I can we we can we've told people before that when we record these, uh, they're just listening to the audio, but we can actually see each other, and I can see you're in your office and busy at work again today
2: yes yes i am
0: well let's talk about a project that is going on in malvern and i'll tell you what i'm just going to let you talk about exactly what it is and i won't spill the beans on anything so what is happening right now
2: yeah perfect thank you todd uh so malvern has been awarded um some funds that are coming down through the u.s department of housing and urban development those funds are to address housing needs after the flooding that happened in Pacific Junction and along the Missouri River uh, back in 2019. So it's here in 2022, right? So we're several years out. A lot of people who have been displaced have found housing, at least temporarily, either rental or they've they've purchased a home. So this this grant project is really to, to get people back into communities that they we're in, maybe they've left the county, maybe they've left to another area. So it really is trying to bring those people back and keep them here. Uh, This project is well, it's actually two projects rolled into one. It's a community development block grant. Uh, It comes down through the Iowa Economic Development Authority, and it is uh, low to moderate income housing is one part. And then the other part of it is, uh, basically it pays for the infrastructure. So what this grant guideline says that if you build 51% of an entire subdivision as low to moderate income, the state will pick up the other 49% infrastructure. So they pay for 100% infrastructure for the project and you get these affordable houses in your community. So Malvern got awarded this grant uh, for 40 units of LMI housing the build price is anywhere between one hundred and seventy five and two hundred and seventy five thousand. So the grant says that if you spend anything under two hundred and seventy five, you get to keep the profit up to two seventy five. Uh the purchase price of the home will be one hundred and seventy five thousand with um, the ability to get twenty thousand dollars in down payment assistance. So theoretically, someone could get into a brand new home in Melbourne for, uh,
0: $155,000. And it sounds like that home would be worth quite a bit
2: more than that right out of the gate. Correct. And that's actually one of the questions we have. And uh, I've talked to the county assessor about it. But right off the bat, these homes would be built for something above $200,000. And so the way county assessments, as I understand them are, is that uh, houses are assessed at what it would cost to build them today. So we know that these houses are going to probably cost $260,000 to build. So you're getting someone in there uh, on a low to moderate income that is going to be paying property taxes on a $260,000 home, probably. That that probably is one of the bigger concerns of this project is just making sure that when people are looking at a home, we inform them that that this is a reality of, of purchasing this home. But the, the homes will be attractive. They are a three-bed, two-bath, 1,200-square-foot home with a two-car garage. The exciting part of these homes is that they will be very revolutionary for the state of Iowa and Southwest Iowa. That They'll be first of their kind. So uh, a company has been discussed to, to do the exterior of the home as 3D printed. So it'll be a 3D printed concrete home basically it'll be a model for rural housing that we could look at to see hey is this feasible for rural iowa is it cheaper for rural iowa and is it a sustainable building model so we also know that this building model is significantly more energy efficient just because of the construction material that's used right you have double walled concrete and so you have uh, better insulation on the home doesn't cost as much to heat or cool, so that's that's another improvement on this and the long-term sustainability of the home, right? You have you have a brand new home, and eventually you're going to have to do maintenance on that home. But the expectation with a concrete home is that that maintenance will be significantly stretched out, right? You don't you don't have to do maintenance on it for a for a long period of time. So we're hoping that Malvern can be used as a as a model for this building type in Iowa. And the, the company that's been chosen is called Alquist 3D. And uh, the CEO is a guy named Zach Mannheimer. He is currently living in Iowa. Um, he's done some other things over the years, but in the past several years, Iowa has been home for him. And so he really wants to to make this model work here. And it, it'll be huge if, uh, if Iowa accepts this as a new construction type of home versus traditional stick-built homes. We could see contractors adopting this model and starting to build these homes almost immediately. Uh, there is a higher cost to get into the market for building these homes because the equipment's so specialized, and it also requires specialized training. And I know that Alquist 3D is working with a university, I think in Virginia, and they're develop developing a, a model for training that could go to community colleges, kind of like a package deal that you could could get this coursework out so that community colleges across the country could be teaching this, biz, uh, this, building style.
0: How far back does this project go? When did the, uh, the concept start to appear in your office?
2: Yeah. So I've been on my job, uh, just about a year, a year next week. And it was already in the process before I started. Um, so it's probably been a year and a half, maybe a year and a quarter that it's been discussed. The developer. So, so when we got this opportunity, this was actually the second round of these CD, CDBG disaster relief funding. Um, in the first round, they didn't have a lot of a lot of applicants, and there were quite a bit more restrictions on it at the time. Uh, it, it just didn't seem like something that was feasible for local uh, local contractors or local builders to do. I know Glenwood had a couple applications in the first round. Um, But then in the second round, they had significantly more applications. And so they had to go back to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development and said, hey, there's all this money left over from flood relief. There's water and storm sewer. There's wastewater. There's roads. All these things to get the communities that were affected um, back up to where they were. All those funds had been pretty well. Um, claimed. And so the remaining funds in those accounts, basically what the Iowa Economic Authority said was, hey, we have gotten all this interest for housing. We would like to take this back to HUD, say, let's consolidate all these funds into the housing. We will pay out out for these subdivisions. So there was significantly more interest. And And for just the Malvern project, we actually were awarded two grants for low to moderate income housing, there's another two townhome four unit parcel going in in town, but we were awarded 10.8 million dollars in this, and 10.3 of that is the low to moderate 40 unit subdivision.
0: Is a location set
2: for it? Yeah, so it'll be off of 11th Street in Malvern, uh, and that is kind of down by the railroad tracks. It's just east of the Wabash Trace, so there'll be nice access for this neighborhood to get on the trace and have access to that amenity uh and then right across the trace there's access to a city park as part of the the requirements for this grant application uh we had to tell them that we were going to do some green space and and get people out in the community so there'll be a city park that'll be developed in this area and one of the one of the other things that was a requirement and this is kind of the way the state is moving is there's some green street requirements so they are requiring us to maintain water on site in the, event of a fl- or in the event of rain. And so there's some really revolutionary types of building roads and, and uh, bioswells and bioreactors that are being put in place here. So I'm not 100% sure that the, uh, the engineer has given the final expectation of what would be need- needed to maintain water. But we do expect that they are recommending to put in a permeable paver street which is basically a concrete block street that'll interlock with a layer of gravel underneath and that you maintain stormwater underneath the streets. So instead of having runoff that goes across town into a local creek or to some other area that you dump water, uh, it'll all be maintained on site. So you won't have to worry about how to maintain the water from a a brand new subdivision.
1: And we had the opportunity, Zach, mine however you say his name, he uh, was at Red Oak and we got the opportunity to see him and he shared a lot about it. And it was really cool just to see his thought process. And he is incredibly visionary when he talks about it all. So that was really interesting to watch.
0: Joe, what is the target for actually having this ready for someone to move into in, in a home to be ready?
2: Yeah. So um, with that process of consolidating the funds that I talked about, We were actually told last fall that we had been awarded um, the funds, but they said the email said you've been scored high enough to qualify we just don't have the money. Uh, So, after that HUD process and of course there's some some public meetings that have to happen public notice and common periods, so all of that happened it came back and they finally awarded said hey you've got the funds caveat you still can't spend them. Uh, so there's an environmental review process that has to happen here, which is completely appropriate. They, they look at natural habitats for where the subdivision's going. Uh, and another big aspect of that is Native American culture. So they look at the site, they do some soil sampling and decide, hey, has there been any Native American activity here? Are there any burial grounds or artifacts? And then we send that off to the local Native American tribes. I think we ended up sending out 22 letters and those go out they have the ability to comment and say hey we uh, we don't have any problem with this we approve it or they can contest it so far we haven't heard anything about anyone contesting it so we're looking at probably within the next two weeks having the environmental review process finished and at that point when that process is finished we can start spending money so we're sitting here in June of 22 we expect to get a significant portion of the infrastructure in this year with houses being built in the spring of next year 2023 and so we expect that as soon as those houses are built and finished that people could start moving in that we could work around the other the other building and get people into homes quickly so we could we could probably start seeing people in homes as early as as summer of 2023
0: Will there be any limits to who will be allowed to purchase one of those homes or to apply to be part of that neighborhood?
2: Yes, so so the initial, when the, the uh, application goes out, the first priority will be those affected by the flood. Uh, and then after that, it'll be open to all LMI persons. So in Mills County, we have uh, income qualifications of one person would be $49,200 a year in income, up to if there were four persons in that house, it would be $70,250. So, so there's a range in there of, you know, you look at how many people will be in the home, and that, those are the income limits that will be set for who can purchase the homes. So initially, there was some conversation about how stringent those would be and um, would it be feasible to get right? Malvern is a town of 520 homes. So you're looking at adding 40 new houses that you have to sell. You have to have them built by the end of 2024 um, per the grant requirements. And so the feasibility of, of getting 40 houses filled in that time, right? Plus the other, since it's there's an LMI component and a market-priced housing component, there's going to be another 20 to 25 homes in that portion, right? So you're looking at bringing almost 65 new people into town? And will that income limit prevent people from, from coming in? We recently built a subdivision on the south side of town. And the, that subdivision is almost full. It's 42 units or 43 units. Homes sell for anywhere between 350 and $450,000. So we have shown kind of in the past that there are people that want to move to Malvern. Uh, Malvern also passed recently a $21 million bond issue to build all of East Mill school system in Malvern. So they're going to retrofit the current high school campus with an elementary and a middle school, and those will all be housed here in Malvern. So we think that with that development, with what we've seen in kind of trends of people moving out of the metropolitan area, that we should have no problem in, in getting people in these homes.
0: Well, this is a very exciting announcement, uh, Joe George, uh, Melbourne City Clerk, telling us all about a new subdivision that's going to be going in. And, and as you said, construction, hopefully beginning next year, correct?
2: Uh, infrastructure construction this summer, uh, home construction next summer, hopefully spring or summer.
0: Very exciting, and I'm hoping that we can stay in touch and, and give folks updates here on uh, the podcast about uh, how things are going. And eventually, I'm sure people are going to want some more information as the homes start to get close to becoming available and how they can purchase one as well. So all of that coming up in the future. But, Joe, thank you very much. Uh, you're doing some great work there in Melbourne, and we're excited to hear more about it in the future.
2: Thank you, Todd. I appreciate the time.